Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, Jasper is unavailable to make it, but I am here, and we've got an amazing guest today. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Urban Flat, and they're, what they basically do is they provide an alternative experience to hotels, and one of the ways they do that is through Airbnb. So we're very excited to have Evan Haskell. Evan, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Happy to be here. Awesome. So why don't you tell, before we jump into your company, it's doing really exciting things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, a local uh, Angelino born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, you know, I went to USC and I've always had sort of a passion for a couple of things, uh, you know, business being one, but also real estate. And uh, post-graduation, I started working in private equity and I realized that, you know, the corporate world just wasn't really for me. I always wanted to kind of get out and do my own thing. And, you know, I was always pretty good at, you know, finding the opportunities. And one of my uh, business partners about two and a half years ago put me on to Airbnb. And uh, we were airbnb in an apartment actually right in downtown LA. And uh, we were doing really well with it. Um, and, you know, the building basically ended up finding out about our activity there. And uh, they weren't too happy about it, but I think that that was sort of when we realized that there was a major opportunity um, and a really high demand, um, which is sort of when we went in and came up with the business plan for Urban Flat. Ah, I see. And so how long were you able to successfully have that listing in downtown L.A.? That listing was up for about two months, uh, which is interesting. I mean, I'm not exactly sure how the building found out about the activity, but, you know, per the terms in the lease agreement, uh, regarding subleasing, um, they might have found us on Airbnb. Someone might have tipped them off. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but we were forced to take the listing down, um, which left us with a pretty big liability in our hands um, because we actually weren't living in the apartment at the time. We were just solely renting it out. I see. Okay, so then this gave you uh, an idea for a company for Urban Flats, and what was your next step? How did you start to design <clears throat> design what you guys have now? Yeah, I mean, to, to take it back, um, you know, I've always traveled by using vacation rentals. Um, anytime that I would go up to, for example, Mammoth to go to the snow, my friends and I, we would rent a vacation rental. Usually it was a house um, or, you know, a couple bedroom condo. And I realized that, you know, you could never really, you, you never really knew what to expect when you would arrive. Um, you know, sometimes the, the place was clean and sometimes it was just disgusting. And, um, you know, I realized from my experience, you know, using Airbnb, um, you know, on that first unit that 
people really enjoy, and, and mind you, like this room was bare. I mean, we had a couch, we had a bed, um, you know, and, and that was about it. There was really nothing. There was no character to the room. It was just, we rented it. We put a few things in there and, you know, to give you some statistics, we were spending around $2,500 a month. So it was a pretty significantly sized, you know, one bedroom loft. And uh, on the income side, we were pulling in around six to seven K a month. So, you know, this was the type of place that would sleep eight people, you know, so we were doing extremely well with it, um, which is, which is interesting. But, you know, basically what, what happened after that, you know, once we got evicted um, was we went ahead and we purchased units uh, in the building next door. So now we were running a, a true mini Airbnb, you know, operation really focused on travelers coming in for one to four days, which we found to be the optimal range for, you know, this was a pure, you know, business money making opportunity for us at the time. Um, it was, you know, nothing more than that. And, and so we were, we were Airbnb about three to four apartments at once. And what I found, and, and this is interesting because all of those rooms were, were different. Um, I think at the time, you know, I had one room that was the LA room and it was Hollywood themed with, pictures of Kobe Bryant and the Chili Peppers and Marilyn Monroe. And it was just to bring travelers, you know, into LA and make them really feel like, wow, this is a really cool city. Yet the room next door that we had furnished ourselves was completely different. And it had, you know, a contemporary look and, um, you know, interesting artwork on the wall that we probably just bought from home goods or something like that. And what I realized is that we had a real opportunity here based on the demand um, to, to really brand ourselves and create a line just like a hotel would. If you're you know, to walk into any Ritz-Carlton all around the world, I mean, for the most part, the rooms themselves, it might depend on sort of geographic location, but they use a lot of the same suppliers. And you can walk in and you know what makes it a Ritz. And I said to myself, wow, you know, people love this. We can go ahead and brand rooms. And whether you walk into building A or building B, I want people to be able to walk into a room and know that it's urban flat. And that's sort of where the idea uh, all started. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, and even, I mean, you'll find this with a lot of hotel chains, like the Shangri-La, for example. They have a signature smell in the lobby right when you come in to sort of let you know that, that it's one of their establishments. So that's really, that's really clever. So... What it sounds like you've you've actually you've probably done a lot of market research as far as what types of of things seem to attract uh, or attract guests when you're when you're setting up these rooms. So what ki what kind of advice do you have for hosts out there who are trying this for the first time as far as really making an inviting space? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I think you know the the beauty of Airbnb is that it allows for a host you know to really especially like, for example, right before you get your photos taken. I mean, that's sort of the time where, you know, hosts try to furnish the room a little bit differently, maybe add some artwork to the wall, but it really is an expression of oneself. And, you know, when you're talking about being a host to people from all around the world, which I think is one of the most rewarding, you know, parts of what I do, um, you know, I've met so many interesting people from so many different, you know, regions of the world. But, you know, some, some recommendations, I guess, to some of the first-time hosts are, um, you know, really make sure that you invest in your space. Um, and that comes down to providing 
the little things which are you know relatively inexpensive like for example a coffee maker um you know everyone for the most part when they're traveling sometimes they're you know they're tired and you know they would love to just make their coffee in the morning and having that little luxury which might cost you around 20 bucks on amazon goes a long way um furthermore i mean i look at the little things because it's all about experience i mean if you think about most of the time when people are, are using airbnb you know this is a place for them to come home to feel comfortable to feel at home and really to go to sleep and be out the next day exploring um so when, when you talk about little things you know I, i'm referring to for example the shower head um, one of the first things that we did in some of our first flats was replace all of the shower heads um, because the ones that we were using you know or that the essentially the building had um, which was out of our control was just kind of a piece of crap you know like there was no water pressure or anything and i knew that you know people are going to definitely want to feel good when they take a shower and feel refreshed and go out and start their day so that was one of the you know first investments that we made um i think a comfortable bed and, and you know clean sheets cleanliness is so key um, because you know you, when you go to a hotel they have standards and cleanliness is usually at the top of their list um, depending on the hotel that you're staying at um, but you know making sure that your room is, is just clean and inviting is something that I think guests will really appreciate and um, you know you, it's really just you know thinking about the the minute basic and simple concepts um, that really make a big difference. It's the little things. And so when you're talking about cleanliness, now we talk a lot about this in our book, Get Paid for Your Pad. Uh, we have a whole section dedicated to cleanliness, but do you guys hire a professional service or a team of professionals, or how do you, how do you manage the cleaning process? Well, yeah, so I mean, you know, a quick, some statistics about our company. I mean, when we first started about two years ago, you know, it really just started with one unit, and we were able to, uh, to scale up to about three and, um, you know, that's when we were able to sort of prove our concept, you know, raise funding and fast forward today. I mean, we've completely pivoted our business model. We still do leverage Airbnb, but I'm sure that we'll get into that, uh, you know, later on in the conversation. Um, but we're at about the 30 unit mark, um, throughout Southern California as well as Northern California. So, We've experimented. It, it all started actually with my own housekeeper that you know my parents used you know once every few weeks when I was growing up, and I said, "Hey, you want to earn some extra cash on the side?" Um, and so she was really the, the first one. And as we've grown larger, we've definitely tested out services, um, you know, that have really popped up in the space relating to cleaning, and it, it's it's challenging. Um, it's challenging because. When you talk about branding in general, it's important that, you know, things are done consistently throughout all of units. And I say units, but what I really should be saying is flats, um, branding 101. But with our flats, you know, it's difficult to use a company that's just going to send a new housekeeper every time because they don't exactly know the way that things are supposed to be. I mean, when you compare a professional brand to a, a regular Airbnb host, um, there's definitely some differences in terms of how the unit is cleaned, but I think the overall concept is 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 the same. I mean, um, we we fold our beds differently. You know, we place various materials in the room, whether it's you know shampoo, and we want things done a certain way. So those those companies 
they, they it's difficult to use them. I don't think that they're necessarily at a point where they can manage one, even really the demand. Um, so we've actually opted to hire all of our housekeeping staff in-house, um, and, and that's worked out pretty well for us. I see. Okay, so you touched the, you, you mentioned Airbnb and how it's used in your business. I'd love to dive into that. So how exactly, I mean, do you use other services or is it primarily Airbnb at this time? So our business has actually um, taken a couple of pivots since the start. I mean, when we did first start, like I mentioned, our rooms were extremely bare. They, they really, you know, they, they had just a bed and a couch and, you know, maybe a TV that didn't even have cable, but we would provide, for example, a Roku player. And, you know, what's happened with the Airbnb market is interesting, too. Um, there was a point where the supply was so low and the demand was so high that we could charge three ninety nine a night. So it was pretty amazing. And, you know, it wasn't for us, it wasn't necessarily all about money. I mean, we still enjoyed, you know, meeting our guests. But um, we realized that there were so many people coming in, and it's almost hard to meet all these people. I mean, you need to have a personal life as well. So, you know, what we started to do is build a seamless check in process. Um, where people would, you know, essentially grab their keys from a lockbox and we would be there in contact with them via email um, or, you know, text or whatever other form of communication. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of at the time we were able to leverage solely Airbnb because of that demand. And, you know, as time's gone on, I mean, when you build up an operation of units, uh, whether it's, you know, two or more, um, you can't be solely reliant on just one platform. And interestingly enough, I, I can only speak for Airbnb and, and what they've done to sort of change the um, the market for vacation rentals because they've also tapped into obviously business travelers. Their demographics are, are changing, and uh, you know companies are actually starting to to look on Airbnb um, for alternative experiences to hotels, um, whether it be you know a house or um, or a condo or an apartment. So um, we have experimented with a few others, but, you know, a lot of what we've done nowadays is, you know, our rooms are furnished exceptionally, um, you know, down to the, the Bluetooth, you know, speaker system in the room. They're, they're really just decked out and they're amazing places for, you know, primarily business people or, you know, athletes, people that are in between homes, people even here for vacation. Um, we really focus on sort of the mid-market. So that means from 15 days all the way up to a few months at a time. Um, and we sort of aligned ourselves now with a, a more corporate housing company as opposed to, you know, a, a company that's really just focused on one to, you know, five-day rentals, which, look, I mean, markets are changing. There's a huge opportunity there if, if somebody can uh, can capture that. It's just not where we sort of have aligned ourselves in the market. So um, in terms of other platforms or other demand channels, you know, a lot of that just comes down to uh, relationships and you know, in this day and age where the, the supply is a lot higher on Airbnb, demand is lower, you know, in order to essentially survive, uh, you need to have these other outlets for demand. I see. Okay, so just in talk, so I understand you've now pivoted, but with respect to the use that you do have using the Airbnb platform currently, what are some of the things that seem to function well with your, with your current business model, having 30 units, etc.? Um, specifically relating to Airbnb? Yeah, specifically relating to Airbnb. Yeah, I mean, I think, 
you know, the right now, all of our apartments can be found on Airbnb. Um, some of them have minimum might stays, and a lot of times that's, you know, subject to, to building and city policy. Um, but what's been, you know, most important for us in terms of Airbnb, you know, in, when looking at the amount of units as we have, is it's really the the social proof that comes with having so many reviews. And I think, you know, to any guest, or sorry, to any host, one of the most important things at the end of the day um, that they can do to attract customer number two or, um, you know, guest number two, should I say, is is focus on getting a good review. And I think that there's a fine line, um, you know, when doing that. Sometimes people can try a little bit too hard. But I think uh, if you go back and, and you, you know, based on what we were talking about in the beginning of our conversation, and you really provide an environment where, you know, these guests can feel at home and you're not overly trying to push for them to write a good review, I think that they will. And that's where it, it's extremely important. Important. I mean, we have close to, I think, 500 reviews on Airbnb at this point. So uh, we've worked really hard to do that. And the reviews kind of speak for themselves and are a testament to, uh, you know, the experience that we've created for our guests uh, when they come into town. So um, from that regard, you know, using Airbnb to, to get um, clients is great. We've definitely seen demand go down over time. But at the same time, it's a platform that we want to continue to grow with um, and align ourselves with because it's where people are looking nowadays. And um, Airbnb is not going anywhere. I mean, there's a reason that companies like, you know, other platforms, Expedia and Kayak, uh, Hotels.com have not mastered the niche for apartments. It's difficult. And um, I think Airbnb is really solidifying its place in that space. Absolutely. So now we've spoken to a number of people on our show who have larger operations. And from time to time, we've heard that there are various difficulties. For example, we had a guest who runs a company called Apartment Medellin in Colombia. Uh, they have, I think, like 40 or 50 units for rent there. What One thing that they mentioned is, for example, when they're trying to create a guidebook through the system, what they wanted to do is since all the units are located in the same vicinity, they wanted to apply the same guidebook to each listing, but there was no such feature or function. As you've been going through and developing your business, has there been anything that you found on the platform that doesn't uh, that works really well for individual listings but not so great when you have uh, 30 listings like you do? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I think one thing is really just the calendar. Uh, the calendar is the, you know, database for all people coming in and out. It's the database, uh, how we know what units need to be cleaned. And Airbnb has a platform that was really built for the individual to rent out, you know, their own space or rent out their couch or their spare room. So, um, you know, of course, Airbnb is, is well-funded, but they can only really move so fast. Um, so it's not exactly a platform that is optimized for larger companies, which is probably why, you know, some of the larger, even corporate housing companies have not moved their, um, you know, their units onto Airbnb, which, you know, the way that I see it, Airbnb has really created a platform. Um, it's created a platform similar to how, you know, when eBay started, there was, you know, small sellers that that grew larger and really focused their attention on building um, their, their business on the platform. And I think Airbnb has done the same. And it's important for anyone that's, you know, thinking about kind of getting into the 
Airbnb market of, of more than, than two units, which statistically speaking, I mean, that's there's been a huge increase in the amount of people that are taking this risk and taking on you know, another unit to, that they don't actually live in, um, which is interesting. And I think Airbnb knows that. And if Airbnb continues to build and optimize for people that have more than one listing, um, and even for some of the people, like you mentioned, that have even 50 listings, I think, you know, the calendar is where it all starts. And um, it's, it's in no position um, right now to cater to the needs of a larger company. Um, you know, Airbnb, I believe, should also have a search feature um, within messages. I mean, if I know, if I remember somebody's name or if I remember, you know, a point in the conversation, I mean, Airbnb doesn't even have a search bar. So um, as advanced as they seem and as large of a company as they are, I mean, they, they still have their kinks to work out. Some of them are, you know, probably pretty simple. Um, and, you know, I've seen growth and I've seen change on the Airbnb platform since I've started. So um, there's only so much that we can kind of do, but, but patiently wait. And I think um, it'll mutually benefit both the companies that place their units on Airbnb and then obviously Airbnb themselves. One other question related to the use of Airbnb with respect to a larger company. What about dynamic pricing? Because I know as well, the same issue with Apartment Medellin, they found it difficult to monitor and change based on holidays, conferences, things like that, uh, even season or day of the week. How do you guys handle uh, you know, changing prices to match demand? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, our, our business model is not, uh, uh, is it, we're not a profit-driven business model. And what I mean by that is, you know, we've been, you know, we've had listings that were in buildings that, um, we were doing extremely well with in terms of margin and our customers were happy and that's great. And a lot of people would say, okay, well, why, why ever leave the building? Um, the building itself, you know, which I can't name here, it just, they don't take care of the building. I mean, it's dirty. Um, and this is, it's really just comes down to standard because at the end of the day, the building's 95% occupied, occupied. So not everyone agrees with us, but you know, when you're talking about urban flat as a brand and the standards that we have, you know, we are subject to the way that buildings essentially manage themselves. So we, you know, had about 10 listings in this one specific building and we essentially took them all out because everything down to the carpets on the floor that would get dirty and the way that the whole building was managed, you know, we, we pulled it out, um, you know, which sort of speaks to, to the idea which, which, you know, we are more about creating an exceptional housing experience for our guests and we want them to say hey you know i tried airbnb once this was amazing and i'm only going to come back through this platform to do so um so refresh me on what the original question was well the the bottom the main thing is so when you have when you're pricing your unit right uh, depending right yeah. yeah okay so so you know where i'm going with that is that in respect to pricing, you know, they're right. It's, it's extremely difficult. Um, but, you know, my segue is that our pricing is based around what we believe our units are worth. Um, I think that given that we're in a, a market where we're, we're competing with people who can, you know, really price whatever they want, not everyone has the same intentions to really run a business. Um, or, you know, most people, it's great to, to make a little bit of money on the side, but, 
you know, we, we, we can only, we think that our, our units are honestly worth more. I mean, I would pay more for an urban flat unit than what you can find it for on Airbnb, which, you know, average price is probably around 199 to, to you know, 229 a night, somewhere in that range. So we're definitely representing the upper end of the, the market, um, you know, but I think that it still is a really great value. Um, pricing is tough. I mean, when you look at companies um, like larger hotels that have access to databases which change pricing in a matter of minutes based on supply and demand, I mean, that's that's a luxury that they have to really optimize the business. And, you know, I know a few companies that are out there that are really trying to, to capture the space. Um, you know, given the amount of data that Airbnb has, I mean, if it was a feature that they could release, um, I'm sure that they they will or that they would. But uh, I know that that's definitely a, a major need point, um, and it would help in our business and, and really just with um, you know anyone that's trying to Airbnb. Because advice that I give to people uh, that are starting sort of with Airbnb, you know, with their first unit is test your price. I mean, a lot of times I, the first question I ask is, well, what are you going to put your one bedroom apartment on Airbnb for? And they go, oh, well, 99 bucks. And I'm like, well, how do you know that it's not going to sell for 199? You can make the same amount of income, you know, with essentially less, less guests that are coming in. Um, if you were to just, you know, price higher. So a lot of our pricing right now has been determined through extensive testing. Um, you know, and that's where we're at. If we had the ability to, to leverage a, a software, we, we probably would take advantage of it. But at this point, it's just based on, you know, testing and what we believe is, is a good value. I mean, we, we will not, one of the things that we will not do is, you know, if we, if we have a room that's priced for 199 we're not going to, to just drop it to, you know, 99 bucks a night just to fill it. I mean, we, we have certain standards and it just, it doesn't make sense at some point to drop so much. Um, and, and on the flip side, I mean, there are definitely times during the year, for example, in Los Angeles, I mean, it's the E3 convention, which is, you know, mid-June. Um, we've had experiences and, and we've actually been able to achieve, um, margins of, uh, you know, in upwards of 200%. I mean, we've charged $600 a night for, you know, a one bedroom apartment. And that's really, um, you know, prime time. And, and this is actually, it's, 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 it's guest driven. I mean, people will come to us and say, Hey, we have a budget of $500 a night for these dates. You know, the company's probably going to pay for it. And that's when, you know, as a, as a host, you say, wow, I mean, this, there's some huge demand here. So I think just paying attention to uh, some of the trends, you know, a lot of people will try and book for events that are, you know, far out. And then you notice maybe, maybe four months out and you'll notice that there's traction with a lot of people trying to book the same events. I mean, that's where strategically, you know, if you wanted to, you can bump pricing up a little bit, but, um, you know, that's the way that I look at it. Sure. All right. Let's talk about a little bit. It's an issue that a lot of hosts encounter, and I know you've probably dealt with this as well. We talk to people in various cities, and of course, issues arise as far as, let's say you're in a condo and you have a condo association that is opposed to Airbnb or a landlord, landlord that doesn't want you subleasing the unit on a short stay basis, things like that. How does your company handle these types of, these types of issues? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the number one is just pure transparency. Um, there's no reason, especially when there's so much risk on the table, if you're a, you know, whether you're buying or renting, to to go and list your, you know, your unit on Airbnb and not disclose it to your building because nine out of ten times, you know, something's going to happen and you know a neighbor's going to meet the guest. I mean, I was just in my lobby earlier this morning at my building and. The uh, the guard was telling me that some guy came down and he was demanding a parking pass and he showed him his receipt for a thousand dollars over five days and I was thinking to myself oh okay well someone just you know putting their unit on Airbnb and that's actually exactly what it was so I live in a in a condo and we have an HOA and our company actually has apartments within this building but you know we definitely obey those rules and in that rule that the HOA has created is that stays in this building can only be for 30 days or more um so it's just the way that we you know need to operate here and i think that there's a you know the transparency at the end of the day is just key um you know letting your building know sort of what your intent is and what you're doing and um, if they're okay with that, then that's great. And if they're not, I mean, it's probably just not worth the risk of, you know, an eviction. Um, but I think that that's sort of just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we spend a lot of money um, on premiums for insurance. And I think this is something that, sure, you know, Airbnb provides the $1 million insurance policy, which is amazing. It's not something that they've done since their existence. And it just shows that they're really looking out for their guests. I don't know how many, you know, lawsuits have, have come out, but it's definitely an important issue for any business to be well insured. And that's something that we also take into account. Every unit that we open is insured more than just basic homeowners insurance. Um, it's, you know, really just for the unexpected, which is important. And there's a lot of, you know, people on Airbnb that don't take the extra step to get their own insurance, which it's an at your own risk type of move. Um, you know, lastly, it's permits. So, you know, every city has its own um, specific regulations regarding short-term rentals, um, specifically for less than 30, 30 days. Um, usually, from my understanding, if it's over 30 days, then you should be fine if you provide a proper lease to your building, um, at least in, in Los Angeles. And, you know, Obtaining those permits from the city, you know, paying the transient occupancy tax just like a hotel would, less than fourteen or is fourteen percent for stays less than thirty days. You know, it's really just operating ethically and, and you know legally, which has allowed us to to, to scale. Um, and you know, I understand that it's not something that everyone on Airbnb is going to do. I mean, people, especially in economic times like this, are going to you know do things that maybe ethics aren't the most important part and they just want to make a few bucks. I mean, I hear it all the time. Um, people say, Oh, I'm not going to pay my taxes or I'm not going to, you know, get insurance. And it's just, you know, it, it's tough. And I think that that's partly why the city is, is really trying to crack down on um, this type of behavior and, and regulate it. And then, you know, if it was regulated, I think that the cities would be happy, guests would be happy and, and hosts would be happy as too. Evan, awesome. Thank you so much for telling your story and and uh, talking about your company to all of our guests. If people want to reach out to you or, or rent a place at Urban Flat, how do they do that? Yeah, so they can, um, you know, one, they can search for us on Airbnb. Uh, number two would be to just send us an email, reservations at urbanflat.com. Uh, you can also give me a ring, direct 323-999-1611. 
Thank you so much. And guys, if you didn't write that down, don't worry. All that information will be in the show notes. You can check out our show notes at getpaidforyourpad.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you want to learn how to be a super host on Airbnb, you can check out the first three chapters of our book at www.getpaidforyourpad.com. Also, you can buy the whole book for $9.97 on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search once again for Get Paid For Your Pad. That's all for today. New episodes are out every Monday and Thursday. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Take it easy. Get paid for your pad. 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 Get 